TV. Welcome back to the Talking Sports Better Than Most podcast, where we've got a lot on the plate today to discuss. Uh, we're just recapping the PGA that just uh, was just the last, last weekend where we saw a little bit of drama, but we will dive deeper into that coming up. Yeah, I think when we were texting on Sunday, we were falling asleep because golf's second major almost gave us another snoozer, and then the 18th hole at Southern Hills. So definitely, so right off the bat, you pick Justin Thomas to win, and Justin Thomas won. So let's start with Justin Thomas and him, and then we'll kind of dissect everybody from there. Basically, Justin Thomas is no doubt the best player in the world. Sometimes he doesn't make all his putts. He hits a few loose shots. We talked about him shanking one on Sunday. But in the end, he, he's probably, I, I don't know how anybody could argue that he isn't the best player in the world. Yeah, I mean, him and Will are kind of, like, if you look at, like, those two players, it's almost like a clone, but one's just, like, 1A and one's, like, you know, not only say 1B because I don't think they really are probably comparable, but just because of the success that Justin Thomas has had. But they play basically the same game. They both strike the ball immensely well. And then the, on the greens is where, if anything, that they, they lose to the field is probably there. I mean, Justin Thomas, I would say, is a better player than uh, Will Zalatoris. Um but they both strike the ball incredibly well. They're both built the exact same. Will's probably got 15 pounds less, but yeah. um, they're both built the same. Uh, hit the ball the exact same way. They both like to move it left to right. Uh, they're just pure strikers of the ball. Uh, but I was really impressed with, uh, is it Mito? Is that how you pronounce it? I was really impressed with him. I felt like I didn't actually see the tee ball because um, you kept texting me about everything and I hadn't seen it yet. Um, ruined the tee ball for me. <laughs> Um, but, um, you know, I just felt like he was like very composed and he kind of stood up like he's done it before. Um, you know, I kind of, I, I was kind of rooting against him because I wanted to see some drama. I wanted to yeah. see somebody else win it. But at the same time, I felt really bad for him seeing the way it ended. Um, and I, th- I think looking back at it, everyone says, well, why did you hit driver? Well, what if he hits three wood and hits it basically the same way and hits it into the water? You're saying then why didn't you just hit driver and get it further down the hole? I mean, when you're there for the first time in your life, as he said in the post-round interview, um, the only thing he was looking for, looking hope, hoping to do was just making the cut, and then it came down to he had the lead in the last hole of the tournament. Um, you know, he's going to be proud of what he did. Um, I think he's definitely a, a name that we're going to see uh, going forward. I'm not saying he's going to have a tremendous career, because I don't know. I can't really base it off one weekend, but um, he showed a lot of composure. I felt like all week um, he was leading a lot of the third round, and he was leading basically the entire fourth round um, just couldn't close it up at the end. It's a lot of pressure to deal with. And it, I mean, I think it's kind of a tough course in the sense that, you know, there aren't like, it's not like there's a big pond anywhere really. It's just, there's little creeks on 15 of the 18 holes or whatever it is. I mean, it's just tough. You got to be um, kind of in the middle of the fairway on 18, like, like Justin Thomas's ball on 18 in the third hole of the playoff is bounced straight instead of bouncing right. I mean, you never really know. I mean, what if his ball just um, could have gotten a better bounce, could have bounced left or whatever. But um, obviously, uh, it was good for golf to have those three-hole playoff. I liked that. Um, hopefully, Will Zalatoris can maybe get um, a major coming up. But uh, How about a win? Player. I mean, Will hasn't even won on the Well, I'm just saying, but the majors are, he's like Brooks Kepka with majors. He only knows how to play in the majors. Um, but he definitely made a lot of money, and I think uh, Mito had a uh, – a life-changing weekend as well, just like uh, Will had with the Masters uh, two years ago. Yeah, I think 
first of all, let's start with Justin Thomas. I think he's, I think he's on the. I think we could get some pretty interesting things from him going forward. I mean, I think he is probably um, maybe the floodgates open up. I think he's kind of hard on himself occasionally, but on the flip side, well, I, I think, think he's, he's kind of like I think he's kind of like Brooks and, and DJ and those guys that have all the talent in the world. But I think Justin Thomas just has a different drive than both those guys. Yeah, I think the drive is there. I think it's the one thing that we see lacking from, let's say, Brooks. I think Justin wants to wants to um, he wants to win. I think he likes playing golf. I don't think he thinks of it as a yeah. chore as Brooks seems to <laughs> come across. Um, and I don't think he's a fidgeter like a Bryson DeChambeau. Like he just works hard. He wants mm-hmm. to play good golf and. Well, I think, golfer. Yeah, I think the, what separates uh, Bryson and, and Justin Thomas was Justin Thomas has seen success his entire career. Um, obviously, it was only his second major, but he's had plenty of wins on the tour. Um, he doesn't have to change his game to be the best player in the world. And I don't think Bryson necessarily did. I just don't think they had the same talent level. Um, not that Bryson wasn't capable of winning before he decided to bulk up and do whatever he was but trying to Justin do. But is the most pure player all around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Driver, I, I think iron yeah. chipping. Well, yeah, he just I mean he that Reggie hit on the first playoff hole after having a on the par five just showed you. And then the I three wood from three hundred yeah. whatever yards to line it to fifteen feet or whatever it was. I think I mean, we can take the Brysons, the Spees, those guys, and, and they're not the same. They're, they're good not, here, they're yeah. good there, but they don't have the total overall. Yeah, game. they're not even. This, they're Justin not the same Thomas level. Does. Yeah. Um, I think he. I think he's got a chance to win all the majors at some point. Um, I think he may have just, he wants it too bad, and I think maybe this week showed him how to win a major, even though he's already won a major. Yeah, I think it was a little different this week than it was when he won the 2017 PGA. I felt like watching when I was watching the 2017 PGA, he, he had a pretty sizable lead, and it looked like he just got really nervous when he played there. Um, I think that was at Coyle Hollow, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, I think it just showed like his maturity as a golfer in the in the the moment um, to make a birdie, a birdie, and a, and a good par on those three playoff holes. I mean, that's that's tough um, in the situation that um, he 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 took care of business. And um, I think it's interesting reading the comments about what Bones had to say about the situation and um, how he said that you know he, Justin Thomas is too hard on himself, and every single week he's in contention, and how he made. Two hundred seventy thousand more this week than he would have if Phil would have been his, uh, his uh, he'd have been the caddy for. So I think it, it talks a lot about how who Justin is, um, as a player, and obviously I think he actually, I mean I don't know I guess I don't know much about Phil, but everyone thought he was a, you know, a charismatic person and a, and a caring person, and maybe he was just a charismatic person that liked to laugh and make jokes. He's a prick, it sounds like. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> that's I don't what I'm know saying. I, I think like, Justin Thomas is a is a person that's comfortable in his own skin and happy with his life and and actually caring about who he's who he's got in the bag. Yeah, as back. opposed to Phil, potentially. Not too long ago, he got in trouble for making a, a, a slur that he shouldn't have and lost some sponsors yeah. and kind of had to go through this self, you know, you know, have to look at himself and figure out how he had to get better as a human being, as a man, and he did. And... Um, like I said, I think the floodgates may open. Um, he admitted some, you know, he shanked it the other day. He He's not maybe the perfect um, in everything, but there's no doubt he is, I think, the best player in the world. And I think being so close to Tiger Woods has helped him. I yeah. think he, you know, again, cool. I think greatness pushes greatness. And, yeah. I mean, I think 
being, I think he almost, it's like he wants to show off for Tiger. Like, you did this, but look, I can do this. So I think it's a great relationship, and I think that's probably the one thing that people don't talk about enough is that, really, I think Tiger has to, should get some credit for what Justin Thomas is doing. That's my opinion. Mm -hmm. But um, I think the floodgates open. Um, I think you're dealing with a golf course coming up in a month that's, I don't think there's a golf course that doesn't work for Justin Thomas as well. That's the best thing about it. Like, I mean, I don't think his game suits, doesn't matter if it's long, short, um, thick, rough, you know, I think he can do just about anything. So, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. If he, if he win, doesn't win another one, I'd be surprised right now this year. I think he's, I'm just saying this year, I'm, I, I think he's, he's again the floodgates can open and we'll see. Um, He's playing this week again, so um, it'll be interesting to see how he comes off the high of winning the PGA because he was definitely pumped up. And, um, again, I think he's the best overall golfer um, in the world right now. I think it was interesting, as you mentioned, Tiger. Uh, I think I was – I don't know when I was watching it. I don't know if it was um, Saturday or Sunday, if I was just listening to it, um, that they said that he was at the 2000 PGA. I don't know if you heard it too, but that he was there – I don't know if they said all week or if he was there on Sunday or whatever and saying how he always idolized Tiger and now he's like his best, or like Tiger's his best friend or whatever. So, I mean, it just shows you, you know, those guys look up to Tiger and no, obviously like that's you, amazing. Look up to me and now no. look at your, look at um, game, right? Look at you now. Well, I mean, I did beat you by 15 strokes one time when we played this year. Um, but I don't know if that's quite Tiger-esque, but, um, you know, I just think it's, it's cool to see that um, I think – Tiger's transformed as a human being. I mean, being humbled um, through his, you know, stories of what has happened. Um, his he's grateful. I think just to be alive and be able to play golf. But uh, yeah, I think it was. I think it was a good week. I think Justin Thomas is a tremendous player. I mean, I, I don't know if I said this on the podcast last week or not, but um, Justin Thomas is just too good of a player not to think he would win another major. I mean that's why I picked him. I just felt like it was it was time. It was uh, he had, it was his only. He only had one of them, and it was in 2017. So you just feel like it, it, it's got to be. He's too good of a player not to win at least another major. So I picked him, and he obviously turned out to be the right pick. Obviously without <laughs> without the drama on the 18th, it wouldn't happen. But um, I think it shows as is the as the golfer that he is, where he went from. Being six under through rounds, uh, for the first two rounds, and then kind of falling off it, and then even being, you know, probably like six shots away from it, about halfway through the Sunday round, and then yeah. and being right there at the end, and then obviously winning in a playoff. So, um, I think it shows the um, ability to accept in a, ba- a bad shot and and move on from it. Which I mean, I definitely could use in my golf game as well. Um, and I think ninety nine point nine percent of all amateur golfers could use and pro golfers. Um, the ability to learn how to, you know, weather around uh, the peaks and the valleys, the highs and lows, um, you know, it all works out. And if you can keep yourself in it mentally and physically, you have a chance there when you're somebody like Justin Thomas, who's probably one of the most talented golfers in the world. It's good to see Sunday's final round ratings of the PGA um, at 8.47 million viewers, up 69% from the year before. So it shows you that, you know, if you if you put good theater out there, Kind of weird, though, because last year you had Phil Mickelson where you think, you know, he would have gotten the big ratings. But it shows you golf. You get some good good drama up there, some big names. Um, you can, can do well. Now, with that being said, we just threw all the accolades towards Justin Thomas. 
But with that being said, <clears throat> I'm going to probably have a lot of people disagree with me here, but he did sort of backdoor into this championship win. I mean, oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not. Mito should have won. Yeah, I'm not uh, saying that he and you know he 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 should have birdied 17, hit a hit a rough chip, uh, made some great clutch putts. I texted you and said, you know, if it wouldn't be for Mito's putts that he made in the final round, he would have maybe shot 80. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess that I I think there's times when you can say a, a player won a championship. I mean, I think the Justin Thomas obviously won this. But he sort of backdoored into it because if it wasn't for me, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know what else you can say. We haven't seen an implosion on the 72nd hole since John Vandevelt at Carnoustie years ago. I don't think and that's then, comparable to what he did, though. No, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he had all these little extra things that made that one even yeah. worse. I, the worst part about it was Mito, you know, couldn't have at least just made a bogey, got in the playoff. He, he yeah. definitely rushed everything on 18. You know, Nick Faldo didn't understand why, even with that chip shot, he didn't go look behind the pin. It was like he was rushed. I think oh, he was yeah. of maybe embarrassed. I don't know what was going on. Sure. Obviously, his body will learn how to adjust to that. But, I mean, Mito should have won that tournament. He was probably the best player that week. Um, it's just he, his nerves, he admitted his nerves got the best of him, and that really led up to kind of the, the collapse on the 72nd hole. Yeah, I mean, obviously Justin Thomas didn't come on like a back nine charge to win it, but um, still won it, still has a trophy. So I would take that and be happy. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, they said that I heard him say that Faldo was saying that, you know, he didn't turn or he didn't go on the other side of the green to look at the chip from the other side. But as Daddy said, um, like he had done that all day. So it's just part of what I guess he does as a golfer. He needs to prepare better and obviously, he, you know, do something different with his routine and look on the other side of the hole. But, um as I said, it was kind of just part of his routine, I guess. So right. maybe he just needs to change his routine. But yeah, I mean, this chip on there with his with his fourth was pretty bad. Um, I'm not really sure what he was doing, but um, obviously in that situation, it's tough. But I guess that's just the way the world works. I mean, when you're in the when you're in the you know the, the eyes of the world, um, and you don't perform, um, things like that are going to happen, and um, it's tough to tough pill to swallow. But he'll have to find a way to. Uh, you know, be better and, and maybe succeed in a situation like that next time. And if Will Zalatoris <clears throat> would have made some putts, he's, he's definitely a shaky putter. Oh, yeah, so what's part of his game? He close. would have won. Still some controversy about whatever happened to him. He only made a bogey on the sixth hole, but he, he, he obviously hit it in the bush, and they made him drop it, and somehow he had to end up being on a cart path for his relief, which... Um, I still don't understand. I think the rules of golf got it wrong there, and I think we got to figure out how that doesn't happen again. Um, you know, but I think if the man would have <clears throat> made a couple putts, I mean, he, they, you can go on Twitter right now and you can find um, some some good pictures, some good videos of him putting, and it's, it's pretty scary. Um, it's a shame because he's a classic ball striker. He obviously was struggling at points in this round. And really, it seemed like as the round went on, got stronger, to be honest with you. But um, he's definitely somebody who's going to have to be watched. He, he, he's just a few putts away from, from winning some tournaments, maybe like a Scotty Scheffler. Like, he just needs to win a couple yeah. or win one, and the next thing you know, the floodgates open. So, yeah, when you see a putt uh, fall, it just helps build confidence when you win one and, you, and you're able to find a way to you know, per, uh, succeed under pressure. I just think it's a confidence thing. It's not – I don't think it's like – 
he can't fix what it is. I just think it's it's a nerve nervous tactic when he hits those short ones. I feel like it's even worse when it's inside like three feet versus like beyond that. To me, when I see him, it looks like a normal like I mean that doesn't look like a great putting stroke, but when he gets inside like three feet, he looks like he can barely take the putter back straight and yeah, straight forward. Probably see maybe go maybe maybe he needs to go crosshand or something like Fred Couples um, did in his career to kind of salvage it at the end. I don't know, but um, his putting's rough and he definitely needs to. He needs to work on some things because he's he's too good of a, a ball striker um, to kind of have this putting hang up on him. So he, he was definitely, he made it interesting. I think the one thing that surprised me, and we talked about this on the podcast before, I really thought the big names, there's too many big names not to have a big time winner. And we did get a big time winner, but in all honesty, I think golf's in a little bit of a peril right now. Like, we're used to talking about the Brooks and the Dustins and the Brysons. And you know what? I I don't think I, I think they're 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 struggling with their games. I d I don't know if they're they're as strong as we we, we think of them as big names because they're big oh, names. Yeah, Brooks and but, when's the last time Brooks and Dustin have done that? Yeah, well, I, I guess Dustin won the twenty twenty match. I don't know. I just feel like, you know since then what we they talk about the big names and I don't know if these big Brooks names. Brooks hasn't won anything since I mean he won the waste management I don't know if it was two years ago or year ago um and then uh other than that he hasn't really contended too much um then you got other john than the, Rahm, what 2018 pga or 2019 or whatever yeah. it was so you it's been a couple john years Rahm, whose name is up there every week and kind of been struggling in the majors a little yeah. bit rory i don't know what's going on with rory i mean let's be honest with you i was listening to it on the in the car on the way to sandusky on thursday and I mean, you just thought this is classic Rory. Rory is going to run away with this darn tournament. And I don't know. He hits a wall and just boom. I I, I don't know. There's something. I don't know. There's something going on. Then you got Jordan Spieth, who everyone loves, but yet he's he's really inconsistent. So I think we got a lot of golfers who are great golfers. I know people talk about Colin Morikawa and that, but I, and I don't know. I think we got a lot of great golfers, but they're. They're maybe good by name more so than maybe what their golf game's actually showing lately. I think we're we're kind of in a peril where we're gonna turn away from some of those names that we're used to hearing and seeing the new names. Mm-hmm. At least that's my opinion. I, I yeah, we have, I mean, golf's a little bit of a game that's up and downs, and definitely a lot of the big names right now are are riding those waves um, more down than up. But it's that's just the way it is, I guess. So Tiger Woods, we talked about him beforehand. Obviously, he he withdrew after the third round. Um, the determination he showed to actually make the weekend was probably the biggest story of the week. Um, that birdie he made on <clears throat> 16 in the second round was unbelievable to kind of get in there. Um, I don't know. I think Tiger needs to reevaluate maybe his practice because the one thing I find interesting is that's all they talk about is how good he's looking on Monday, Tuesday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And then every Wednesday now, it's, uh-oh, Tiger didn't look as good, and it's like he's kind of wearing himself out. So I think he's going to have to figure out how maybe to practice leading up to this so that he isn't exhausting everything. And granted, he'll get stronger every month. I get that. But I think I, I, he shouldn't show up at the U.S. Open. I mean, it'd just be crazy, um, I think. Don't, don't put your back through that. He loves St. Andrews. It's going to be cold, though. He's going to have to get over that. Everyone talks about that. But the only other issue I have with Tiger Woods that I think we need to talk about is 
I think right now the easiest thing for Tiger to hit is his driver. It yeah, I was like. just going to say the same but thing. But yet, on Thursday... Well, he, he took himself out of it right away just because he hits those... He tried to hit those couple stingers, yeah, and he was like I, two or three over with, with them. I don't them. understand. You know, Rory... And he hit the driver great, that's I what thought. Saying. Rory and them are bombing drivers. Mm-hmm. Tiger, who's inconsistent with his irons right now, are hitting five irons, and he's 75, 80 yards back. Yeah. Like, Tiger, you got nothing to lose. Yeah. You weren't even supposed to maybe even be walking, and yet just swing away with the driver... You know, this is how Tiger, see, Tiger, I think, has to kind of get over where he was at one time, right? Like, that's how the old Tiger Woods. Well, that's how he won and 20 years ago. And was That's what I'm saying. Still, I, his, his, he his line his was driver. just as strong as a lot of drivers. And obviously right. now, when you're 20 years older, you're, you're not going to hit that far when you have a, you know, a bionic leg, essentially, no. Yeah. I mean, and let's be honest, I didn't think the rough at Southern Hills was that bad. So yeah. even if you were in the rough, but... I don't know. I just think I'd like to see Tiger one figure out how to not exhaust himself, and he's got a. I know it's all new, so we'll see. And then number two, he needs to pull out the driver. If he yeah. shows up at the U.S. Open, hit driver, Tiger. You're better with your driver than you are with the three iron. I know he got a new three iron or whatever they were talking about, but hit your driver. I mean, he's. That's a, what he did on Friday, and he shot one under. Yeah, I he's think a he, great driver. Of the golf. I think ball. he easily could have done better, and I think still his putting is is obvious. I I think his putting is still lagging and obviously hopefully through you know more practice it will get better but i agree with you on the fact that um if anything i mean i read that that book about tiger um about his work ethic and that kind of is what caused a lot of these injuries is like he would do these navy seal training and he would just destroy his knees and that's just what he he did he was kind of crazy i guess in that way i think he still thinks he should be able to do that and obviously i mean it's just the way life goes, I mean, you're not going to be able to do the same things you were able to do 20 years ago. It's just that way, whether you want to like it or not or accept it. He's going to have to learn how to to be get to get the best and the most golf out of him without destroying his body before the tournament even starts. Yeah, so I don't know. I just, I mean, it's a miracle he made the cut because I'm going to tell you right now, it's like I put on Twitter Friday night, like no one, no other human being could do what Tiger did. And coming back and playing in the pain that he is. And it's weird because if you think about it, both Saturdays and the first two majors have been horrible weather. Um, if you remember the Saturday at the Masters when we were watching it, it was mm-hmm. nasty, cold. I mean, it was the people were in their winter coats at the Masters. And the same thing happened at Southern Hills, which, again, just didn't help Tiger Woods at all. Mm-hmm. But... Um, again, he's going to have to figure that out because he's going to go to St. Andrews. And it could be 90 at St. Andrews. It could be 40, though, every yeah. day. So he's going to have to figure that out. I don't know. I mean, I can only imagine what he's going through. But I know he's excited to play in the British Open. Hopefully we don't see him until the British Open. I don't think he needs to play in any tournaments. He just needs to continue to get better. And I still believe a 50% Tiger Woods is better than 75% of the PGA Tour players out there. I mean, that's my personal opinion. Because um, I don't think anyone could have done what he did Friday afternoon to make the cup. Um, so in the end, we'll see what ends up happening. But I, I just think um, I'd like to see him rest a little bit. I have a hunch he's going to play in the U.S. Open. I think he wants to. You know, the U.S. Open hasn't necessarily been tons of deep rough lately. I mean, they've kind of toned that down a little bit. Well, the players, players complain about it. Yeah. And then the, the PGA Tour does what the players want. I can't so. remember much about the country club. Um, I think that's where it's well, at. Was it last year? Was that Torrey Pines or was that two summers ago? It was a couple of summers ago, I think. Well, or was, was it last, last year? Summer, Rob won, yeah. 
last okay, year. Yeah, because I remember Phil, I remember watching, yeah, so, I mean, the rough was kind of bad there, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think Tiger is at a point where he just, obviously he's not as long as, as he used to, I mean, he still hits it far, but um, I, I just don't, I, I mean, I know he's you know stubborn in that fact, but I just don't get why, I think I said it while I was watching on Thursday, I mean, I was just frustrated with, he came up two under through five, and he kept hitting those, trying to hit those stingers, and <clears throat> obviously on certain holes, maybe that's just what, you know, he feels most comfortable with, but I mean, he hits, I feel like he's had the driver so great, and I mean, I felt like maybe in the weekend, he, well, not weekend, I should say, Saturday, he, he started to struggle a little bit more with the driver, just because I think he wore himself out to where he kind of struggled to hit the ball. I mean, when you saw him on Saturday, he was hitting 40-yard cuts. He wasn't really doing that on on. Thursday, Friday. I think it's just because his leg was wrong. And on that part five for a second shot was unbelievable. Yeah. Result. I mean, he can hit any shot in the world. Like I said, it, Tiger is, is can do anything as long as he's fifty percent healthy. And yeah. right now, he just needs to figure out how to keep himself as healthy as possible to survive. And he'll be just fine. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, John Daly was on a cart and. Um, yeah, that's going to be an interesting story of John Daly saying, you know, Tiger Woods wrote a car. The sad thing is Tiger never will. No, he never will. But Even I mean, if they offered yeah. anything to him, he would never, ever take it. It would be um, interesting to see, though. Yeah, I mean, he said that I guarantee you that if Tiger used a cut this week, he'd be on the leaderboard. I don't know if that's actually true, but um, obviously these players believe that Tiger is still I just, the man. Regardless, he's obviously can't push off. Well, I mean, you saw on, on on Saturday when he was swinging, he was swinging so much differently. He was walking through the shot, and I think that just was causing causing the forty yard fade. And obviously, if you can, if you have the room to play a forty yard fade, then obviously that's fine. And Tiger can do that, but you could tell that he just didn't. His leg obviously wasn't able to do that um, anymore um, after Saturday's round. And um, I mean, it, it didn't. The round didn't obviously matter. He was so far behind; it didn't matter. But. Um, you know, it just makes more people want to watch it. Someone like me want to watch it more um, in the morning uh, before the leaders get to the, the course. So We did break the news um, the last time that Phil Mickelson was not going to play in the um, in, in the PGA Championship. And um, we're just a couple weeks away um, before the Saudi um, begins its tournaments. And um, it's still interesting to see who's going to end up, uh, who's going to end up, going to go. I mean, we're going to lose some players on the tour, thankfully, um, and they should. We should lose them. It's going to be interesting to see. It's the week before the U.S. Open, um, and now the latest story is Ricky Fowler's debating it, and um, I've had a few choice things to say about him. If you follow me on Twitter, basically good riddance to him as well. Um, I hope all the sponsors dropped him. I know Lee, um, Louis Oosthuizen, I believe, and Lee Westwood, I think, lost their sponsors of UPS. Like, people are starting to listen, and um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens over the next month in golf because you got the Saudi thing leading up to the U.S. Open. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see. I think we're going to lose some some names that people like. And um, what did I see? They So I hear they don't even got a TV sponsor, so they're going to somehow televise it on YouTube. For anybody oh. who wants to watch the first tournament. Um, so, um, I'll tell you what. Give it up to Brando Chambly. That man I love listening to on Golf Central. And, and, and what he has to say. 
Fred Couples, who we, of course, named this podcast after, um, went off on Ricky Fowler as well and just talked about, again, you kind of forgot who got you to this, who, you know, who, who got this horse to the finish line. And, um, you know, now it's time for them to go, I guess. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be a whole new landscape, I think, on the PGA Tour when these players leave in a few weeks. Um, I don't think people realize we're just a couple weeks away and we're going to see some changes, I guess. Yeah, there'll be a couple different names um, gone and some new ones, I guess, in there. Um, but, yeah. It'll be fun. So, anyways, that's the golf roundup. Guess we'll probably take a couple of weeks off from golf. We'll probably be back in a week or two when it's time for the Saudi League and the U.S. Open preview. But um, good, good for Justin Thomas, good for golf. Um, and we'll see who's going to win at the country club um in outside of boston in just over a month from now so the next story that dominated the well let's in our mind um of course was the nick saban jimbo fisher um tussle that happened um steven why don't you fill everyone in on what happened there yeah so nick saban said that um that jimbo fisher and the texas uh a&m uh football team they got the number one recruiting class in the nation currently well for this last year and um nick saban mentioned that how jimbo fisher had to buy all his players and that uh nick saban has never had to buy one um obviously if you look at texas a&m obviously something is going on there it's not i mean with the whole nil thing i think there's a lot of gray area there's a lot a lot of um ways to work your way through paying players just directly and not really doing whatever it is they have to do for everything. But um, it's interesting. Obviously, Nick Saban has had tremendous success and has never been a person to really open his mouth and say things like that. So I'm a little shocked that he did that. Obviously, he must have been pissed off about something. about an old coach who maybe has a little bit of dirt on him, right? Yeah. Um, And I think that's what Jimbo said. He he said, you know, if you you, um, invest, I don't want to say, he didn't say investigate, but if you look into past, there might be some things that you didn't, think you or didn't want to see or, or he might you might find things that he didn't want you to see but whatever um obviously Nick Saban's had tremendous success and has had obviously a lot of great recruits go to the University of Alabama to think that he probably hasn't done something that's against the rules um is probably um not logical I'm sure in his time he's done some things um Jimbo saying he would have gotten physical with Nick Saban if he was um, in the room with them I didn't see that but um <laughs> Eh, whatever, it's just words. Um, but I think it's interesting. I uh, saw a lot of things about the um, the SEC commissioner um, said that there's some concerning trends with the IL and that they're not seeing name, image, and likeness activity in some cases. They're just seeing straight-up payments. So that might be relevant to some schools down in the SEC. Um, I guess it could be in the Big Ten, the ACC, the, all these other conferences. Um, and and any div- in any conference, it could be relevant. But... I think the SEC uh, football's a little different down there. It's more of a, a religion, and I think some of those um, universities like Texas A&M. I mean, if you look at their success over the last however many years, I know they beat all of this last year, but what else have they had to really talk about for a while? Um, and they now have probably more five-star players in this recruiting class than they've had in probably the last at least ten combined, or fifteen or twenty. I don't know. Um, so obviously. Nick Saban um, pissed off uh, Jimbo Fisher and 
You know, he pissed off Deion Sanders too. He called out. Oh yeah, Deion I forgot Sanders. he called out Deion Sanders too um, for Travis Hunter going there. Said he paid him a million dollars. I mean, I'm just surprised that Nick Saban would say anything like this. Maybe he's pissed off that some of the recruits aren't going to Alabama now. Um, but I mean, he knows how everybody else felt for the past. Well, I mean, I just don't really understand the reason behind it. I mean, you're probably considered the greatest coach of all time um, in college football. Why do something that could potentially harm your? Name, um, I guess, is kind of like Phil Mickelson. Obviously, he's not the greatest player of all time, but you know, obviously, uh, had a great image in among the the, the PJ Tour. And be comfortable that no one's going to find. Because I'm going to tell you what: if you're an investigative reporter, yeah, and you want to make a splash, spend spend three or four months finding people who have an axe to grind with Nick Saban, and guess what? You're probably going to find some information, and become pretty famous. I so mean, I don't really get it. I don't know why he would do that. He's got nothing to gain and everything to lose, so I don't really get it, but he did it, and obviously that's what um, the sports world thrives on, things that we don't expect to happen. So uh, well, thank you, Nick, for that. I'm looking ahead to that game now and yeah. can't wait to see what's going to end up happening. I don't think it'll be like it happened last year, but who knows. Well, it's definitely obviously got a focal point on the fact that the NIL and everything that's happened with, with paying players in college, I mean – and did you see that uh, Jordan Addison, the transfer from Pitt, going to USC, is they going to make $3.5 million? And Jamison Williams, the guy that just got drafted by the Lions, is going to make $3.1 million? It's just, I mean, it shows you. Well, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the payments. I mean, the, the, the way they're making money. Obviously, if you're a believer in a capitalist market, if you have that demand, you should be able to thrive off that. And if you're successful, you should not be, you know, you shouldn't be hurt for your, your um, success. Um, and I, I do believe that these players, you know, I don't really necessarily love the way it's gone, but I do believe that they should be able to uh, profit off the fact that they're the reason the college football market is the way it is. It's not because of Nick Saban. It's because of the players. Obviously, Nick Saban has tremendously um, profited off money players, but um, I don't know how to fix it. I'm not in that position to have to worry about trying to fix it. So thankfully, it's not. I'm not in that position, but... Um, you know, I don't know if I love the way it is. Is if I if you know, it's not really where you're going to school. It's just uh, what can they offer you that the other school can't, and that's where you go. And I don't necessarily love that. Obviously, maybe that's it wasn't that way. You know, before um, I think Jimbo Fisher even said it before. Um, it wasn't NIL before the NIL, but it was player players were still getting uh, compensated um, just illegally. Um, and that's just the way it is, and obviously that's probably been true for years and years and years. Um, so, I, like I said, I don't know if I necessarily love it perfectly, but I do believe that they should be um, <clears throat> making money as they are the reason the sports world is the way it is um, for the amateur sports and college college level. Um, so Yeah, I just think... You know. I think that they... the. They fought it for so long, and then it kind of went through really quickly, and they just, like we said before, um, instead of fighting it, they needed to maybe do a better job of finding um, the loopholes and and, and and safeguarding them and, and making sure that this whole thing is safer and, and more well-managed and, and equal for everyone um, and not just the highest bidder. Well, I just think in the end, I mean, to me... I just think it's it's hilarious that Nick Saban sees his graps obviously on college football falling away. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he probably doesn't have many years left, but no, I don't it's, know why it's he's still in the coaches. How somebody reacts when he's on top of the world and you start to kind of see it 
falling away from you. It's it's now you got to grasp back. So again, it was just it was a, it was a funny thing. It's funny listening to two grown men act like babies. Um, but on the flip side, Dabble Sweeney's basically said the same thing too. Just yeah. never called anybody out on yeah. it. Again, these two coaches who've been on top of the college football world for the last what five, six? Uh, well, okay, Dabble in the past few years, yeah. but Nick Saban for the last ten plus years. But these have been the two biggest names in college football coaching, and yet they now are fed up because it's it, basically what's happening is is the the gap is lessening, and I think in well, college football the gap has is always going to be there. It's bigger than it is in college basketball, and I, it's no doubt it's shrinking. Well, I just think it's it's like a free agency market. I mean, it's 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 you know what what where can you get the best offer? Where can you get the best deal? And I don't think pl- uh, coaches necessarily love it. I think it's it's more annoying. I think probably for those coaches uh, with the whole um, situation. And obviously, not every university is at the same level with NIL um, as others. Um, some of them, it's it's more of like the SEC commissioner said. It's just straight payments. It's not NIL, um, and that obviously is a cause for concern. But it's just the way it is. As I mean. Instituting this so quickly, you had to know that this is going to happen. You knew that there was going to be um, bumps down the on the road. I guess I don't know. Uh, you knew that this was going to happen, and obviously, but why is the SEC commissioner now coming out and saying this when, again, you know, all of a sudden Nick Saban says something. Now he's going to say something. Was he going to say something if Nick Saban did it? Oh, and I don't know. Going around saying that, you know, maybe they're going to have their own playoff bracket in the SEC um, to determine a winner. I mean, you know, the SEC, again, I think they just, they've been paying their players for money for years at Alabama and all these universities have. And it's just funny, now that it's out in the open, now we're going to start complaining about it when they've been on top forever. So it's 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 funny. It's, it's nothing's going to come of it. Like you said, it's out of control. There's no way to reel it back in. I think you reel it back in, you're just going to destroy the sport. So now it is. It's the most money, going to get the best players probably. And um, the only good thing is I think it does, though, in the end, put disparity because USC has been struggling for many years now, but they got just as many rich donors that can compete with Alabama. Um, So to me, it it actually – doesn't widen the gap. It brings everyone closer. So I know everyone's like, well, it's just going to go to the highest bidder. Well, I got news for you. There's rich people in a lot of universities. Um, and these people are so diehard that they will pay whatever. There are just as many rich Auburn fans as there are Alabama fans. And um, they will do just about anything to win. So I think the money aspect is out of control, like you said. There's no way around it. But in the end, I think it may actually make college football more interesting because <laughs> um, I think it's going to spread the wealth a little bit and not every player is going to end up at Alabama. So um, I don't know. It's it's definitely um, put the sport a little bit in peril. Um, but in the end, we're all going to watch Saturdays in the fall and um, whatever happens ends up happening. So Again, kind of an interesting tidbit, and um, it's quieted down in the last few days. So I'm sure Greg's got both coaches and told him basically to shut up. And um, I'm sure at media day in the summer, they'll be back at it and be on their best behavior. But everyone's looking forward to that game, I think, in Tuscaloosa. I think in October, I heard, um, to see what happens. But I will say one thing. I think Jimbo Fisher, it's time to put up or shut up. 
Um, like you said, yes, he won last year the game. Yeah, the game. But, didn't um, win anything beyond that. Let's see if Jimbo. I, I sure hope with all the money they spent and these recruits that um, I don't know. I'll, I'll take Alabama still in October, and <laughs> I guess we'll just see. I'll what take happens. Alabama in September, October, November, <laughs> and so on. So yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, so that takes care of the NIL. And finally, as we wrap up, we do got to talk about just for a second, obviously, um, the NFL, NBA playoffs are um, fast. Um, well, well I don't know with what's the going Warriors on. and Mavericks, but yeah, the, the Heat and Celtics obviously is a great series. Obviously, right the Warriors um, are going to win that series. The Mavericks have one player and um, just not going to be enough to, to beat Golden State. And obviously, on the other end, you got Miami and Boston. Miami basically played the worst game in NBA history playoffs last night. Um, I forget how many points they. I don't. They didn't score for the first what ten minutes of the game, or oh, make a know. make a basket for the first ten minutes of the game. But um, both teams in the end. Uh, I mean, my 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 my, I, my head tells me Boston's gonna end up winning that series. It's gonna be Boston, Golden State, but. Um, it is. It is odd. It's. It's. Uh, the the one thing I've heard about all the games are people complaining they're starting too late again. Yeah. <laughs> right now, but well, the, the the Western Conference final just because they're out west. Obviously, it starts out later, but yeah. It's I mean, they're not. They're not. Even if they start at seven o'clock, they're not getting my eyes. But um, yeah. But again, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think Golden State Boston's the more attractive matchup from the NBA. I think um, yeah, I completely agree with that. I think Boston's a better basketball team. They they fit the system of the NBA much more than the, the the Heat does. But I don't really care who wins. But I'd rather I'd rather see Boston there and see Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. Um, it's gonna whoever be else is on their team. I think whoever plays Golden State is gonna have to play defense um, pretty good in order to um, you know. Uh, to beat Golden State, they Golden State kind of. Well, I think the Golden so State's many. the best team out of the four uh, yeah. right now. I think they're just. I think it's how you guard somebody that's a team that's got, you know, a, a, an up and coming Jordan Poole, uh, Steph Curry, and and Clay Thompson. I mean, how you guard that? I, don't, I just don't know how you do. Uh, they got Draymond. I mean, obviously Draymond's on a tremendous, you know, score, but he's a good team player. He plays hard, plays defense, and he he gets those guys going. Uh, Andrew Wiggins was a number one, former number one overall draft pick about ten years ago. So um, I don't know what it is about the the management and the Golden State uh, Warriors organization, but they always seem to get the the role players that they need and that they want. And the yeah, best. that was amazing. Dallas on Saturday night. I think I was watching the game. No, Friday night. Um, Dallas in that first for the first two and a half quarters made every shot. I mean, they were trading threes from all over. Well, they said, I saw that Jason Kidd said that they lived and died by the three, and yeah. I thought that they took 45 threes, I think it was, and the Warriors took like 24. And I mean, the Warriors are a three point shooting team, so to get doubled, almost doubled up in three point attempts is kind of crazy. And Golden State just, you know, hammered away one by one by one, and next thing you know, boom. Um, they win that game. I mean, that, that, that series is over. So, oh, yeah, they're not going um, back for 3-0. So Miami and Boston, probably going to go seven games. I think Boston can win it in the end. I, I think Boston has a better team, but I think I Miami gives everyone Butler. issues because they play defense and play hard. was injured. I don't know if he'll be back or what's going on, but um, definitely interesting to see what ends up happening there. So, 
definitely um, we'll, we'll keep you updated. Maybe by the next podcast we'll have an NBA Finals preview. Um, seems like it's going a little quicker than it usually does. Um, I feel like the finals sometimes drag way in. Well, usually to Father's Day. And for some reason, I don't feel like this is going to, but we'll see. So there's probably the three big topics we'll talk about today. Of course, we will um, be back next week. We'll round everything up, see what the new sports stories. That's the great thing. Every week there's something going on, and um, we'll go from there.